crocodile man, a witch woman, a guy yeah. that can set himself on fire? Right. Are you blind? <laughs> and she's like, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are in line for a popcorn. Hey, third person in line. What kind of popcorn do you want? Yeah. I'm gonna quit! I'm All right, put right. down my resignation! Bro, and you're a better toilet <laughs> fixer than we have ever known. Welcome to the JRR Talk Show. I'm one of your hosts, Robert Brewery, joined as always by John Lee. How you doing? And Rowan Sears Floyd. Yo! And we even have a special guest this week, Josh Espasand, and from Imaginards. Hello. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about movies, all the things we love about them. Sometimes we talk about TV, sometimes video games. Um, but either way, we're sitting down talking about something. Um, this week, <laughs> in um, celebration of our guest, Josh, from Imaginards, uh, we are going to be talking about the Disney animated films and kind of the generations that have formed from uh, the first movie, Snow White, to the most recent movie, which is Moana. Mm-hmm. Got to add that to the list. Um, as we get <laughs> started, yourself out. Yeah, I, I, need, I didn't, I didn't write that one down. Um, I, I'm basing it off of your list too. So I don't think it had come out when that video had come out or something, or I skipped it before I, I didn't watch yeah, it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, before we get started on that, tell us a little bit about your channel. Yeah. So imagine nerds, uh, which you can find at youtube.com slash imagine nerds, uh, is a Disney fan. Uh, collaboration YouTube channel, uh, and we are a Disney collab channel with a Pacific Northwest flair, and we talk about Disney movie facts, our our favorite things about Disney, um, and do a lot of different variety stuff like how to draw Disney characters and Disney crafts and Disney inspired food. So just a lot of different things. If you're a big Disney fan, like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, all that stuff, we talk about it. Nice. Cool, cool. Nice. Um, so let's get into it. Um, Josh is going to be our resident. Uh, you have to call us out if we say wrong things because you. Know oh, no problem. For me. <laughs> I gotcha. um, so let's start with the Golden Age, which is from kind of the time of 1937 to 1942, which is the first animated films, like full full length films mm-hmm. with sound from what was it? Was it just Disney at that point or was it Disney animation? Uh, at that point, at that point, it was, it was, it was Walt Disney Studios. Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. Um, so those movies, um, include Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi. This is a, like, Snow White being obviously the biggest one of this group, because it was the first Mm -hmm. full length, Mm -hmm. fully animated movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting in your video, you talk about how, like, they just didn't believe that people would sit down and watch an animated film for that length of time. No. And, uh, when Walt Disney, I don't know if it was his, like it had to be his original idea. Otherwise people, people under him would be like, dude, this is not a good idea. (laughs) Um, but, uh, he, he didn't know how to make a feature length cartoon. Um, his, in his mind, a full length, feature animated film would be a collection of shorts which we see in other mm-hmm. other films like Fantasia. Uh and so really had to re- rethink cuz with animation it's different cuz you can't do it exactly like a film. There's different rules that come along with animation. And so he had to really like get his team to work out how do we tell a full 
consistent story in an hour and a half or however long Snow White is um, in an animated form that people won't get bored with or feel like isn't just for children. Totally. Yeah, I think that's like the big thing, too, when you look at like the like not just for children part, I think would be pretty big for, you know, movies coming out this time because at this point you'd really only see kind of those like short movies before like short mm-hmm. animated shorts before another movie you were going to see. So you wanted to have, and it was probably interesting cause you probably saw some, some of those still before snow white and these other movies and like leading into that. So you'd see like a lot of animated stuff. So it'd be really interesting to see. Cause you imagine at that time, not a lot of children are probably going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. It was mainly probably like, well, they would, back then they used to do a thing where they would have like on Saturdays, they would have just like kid movies play and you just like literally drop your kid in the theater and it was just a theater full of children watching <laughs> just put them in a drop box and yeah essentially <laughs> like, a little tank and and like, half of a ticket and you know they were you know crazy stuff back then you know kids just like throwing popcorn and running around the theater but like so i mean there was kid stuff but i don't think they really ever thought about kid stuff on the length of feature film at that point you know we, well, it'd be yeah it'd be interesting just from the like perspective of like you know, if there's just a bunch of shorts, that's going to keep kids' attention a lot more than long-form stuff. So you imagine that that was probably a big thing for them because they couldn't just market it to kids. They wanted to get mm-hmm. their parents to go as well, too, by showing a longer movie. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, like I recently went back and watched a lot of these Golden Age films, and I don't, I have a hard time classifying them as kids movies oh, <laughs> totally yeah, oh, yeah the yeah, themes yeah, for totally. sure yeah, most yeah, of yeah. these are terrifying <laughs> yeah snow white, snow white is still terrifying yeah yeah fantasia with the uh whatever the demon. night on ball uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah like that was terrifying i remember as a kid being <laughs> pinocchio, pinocchio. And, monstro and the whole theme park and you're like oh shit everyone's turning the donkeys out everyone's <laughs> yeah. screaming for help with their mom <laughs> yeah. i want mom where's my i want my mom <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And in and in Fantasia, in that night on Bald Mountain sequence, there's actually like brief like frontal nudity. Right, right. It's like, it's like I, whoa. I'm, I never put Fantasia in the golden age of my brain. Like whenever I think of it, because it's such a beautifully animated film. Yeah. Like it stands out from these ones just because I, I almost think it's a silver age, at times when I whenever I'm imagining it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just so weird to think it. that it is, you know, back in the golden age. Yeah, it was just so experimental, and it was really, like, visual effects the movie. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I was watching some of the bonus features uh, on the Blu-ray, and they were talking about... I, I cannot remember the guy's name, but there was a guy in charge of basically figuring out, like, all of the major, like, effects and stuff mm. that would be done in this film, and he kept a notebook of all how he achieved all these effects, and it had been lost like gone for years and 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 the guy actually mysteriously disappeared in the jungle (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like they 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 like he was just like total it's like the strangest story ever but so cool and then they recently discovered the notebook uh not the Nicholas Sparks one, but this one. And, <laughs> Do they and have so, things from him in the future, though? Yeah. <laughs> he is actually Nicholas Sparks. Oh, my gosh. Um, but they, they discovered his notebook and looked at all of the, like, crazy effects that they weren't sure how he achieved in, oh, in Fantasia. Cool. Hmm. Uh, like, using, like, warped, like, funhouse mirrors to make, like, the ghosts in the Night on Bald Mountain sequence kind of warp around and stuff. Mm. And... Mm. 
uh, really, really cool. And that they were really, Walt Disney really wanted to push the boundaries of what can animation do mm -hmm. uh, totally. to kind of set a precedent for the rest of their films. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like looking at the, when he first announced that he was going to start making, it was like 1934. He releases in 1937. It's like, it's one of those things like, oh, wow, we just made our first feature length animated film. I guess it takes three years to do that. <laughs> like, I yeah. guess that's going to be the standard now, right, guys? Like, that's that's what we're going to work with. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you can imagine they just have no idea. Like, him just being like, let's do this. And then be like, ah, you know, what, six months, something? Three years later, oh, my God. <laughs> Everything in slow motion. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, so, I don't know if you guys have any other parting words for any of the other movies in there. I mean. I remember Dumbo being scary. The terrifying. Very but also sad. Very yeah, sad. Yeah, super, yeah, super. Like it's super that's when I was like, <laughs> the baby mind sequence. I I'm not gonna lie, I cry every time. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, oh yeah. <laughs> it's so heart wrenching. I mean, Bambi starting off just real happy tone. You know. I one thing mm. I will point out about this this period is that, you know, in the current age of the internet and the memes that we live within, it's so interesting to me that like golden age animation still used in pop culture references totally and it's like it's this weird revival of this like you don't it's just weird that because it's animation it kind of transcends its time period mm -hmm. in some weird ways like you don't have a lot of movies from this time period being referenced in the same cultural manner. We even have that like fake trailer that The Rock did for the Bambi sequel. Yes. <laughs> like, so you know, good. stuff like that, where it's like that, you know, that movie is 70 years old at that point. Right. Like, everyone's when, still everyone's still heard about his mom. Yeah, it's just such a crazy, like some of these, like, yeah, these are just like, you know, we've all seen these, even though we were they were significantly older by the time we were like children growing up. Yeah. Like it's just interesting how those have stuck so hard. It's kind of easier when they have the Disney vault and re-releasing these films after not releasing these films every, mm -hmm. every so often. Totally. So like, Oh, Snow White, you know, being looking at never heard of that Disney film. Let's go, uh, let's yeah. pay $30 to go buy it and watch it. You know, mm -hmm. so like, yeah, keeps it fresh. Um, so moving on to, we'll talk briefly about this one. Cause there's not, I don't have as much to talk about. This is the wartime era, which is a lot more. Um, so this is from 1943 to 1949 during obviously world war two, mm -hmm. um, a lot more shorts during this time. Yeah. Uh, this, the wartime era is actually also called the package era because these were the package films. These were like, like I said before, like Walt Disney, you know, in the beginning saw feature length animated films as a collection of shorts. Um, and so that's what they did. It, it's a lot easier to make a bunch of shorts and put them together than to make one long film. Um, and so they used that to uh, do uh, documentaries on South America and Mexico, which, which is interesting. Uh, and a lot of just uh, shorts to music and stuff like that. And to be honest, I haven't seen, like, I've seen all these films, but... Uh, like you were talking earlier, like probably only once. Yeah, I've totally. probably only seen them once. <laughs> yeah. It's all you need. Yeah. It's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because they had a lot of. Um, I, they, they weren't on this list because I, I don't think they had like specific like long collections, but there was a lot of like propaganda. That. Oh yes. Uh, yes, wartime propaganda they made, they made during that time, which is super like funny to like watch. You're like. <laughs> just watching like Donald, like, their Fuhrer's mm -hmm. face. It's yeah. a great one. It's, great <laughs> it's to watch. so crazy. <laughs> Donald versus the Fuhrer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, the the U.S. military actually took like actually took over the Walt Disney Studios uh, for oh, their for their own purposes, and oh, so they huh. were we're not going to say forced, 
but they were encouraged to make these propaganda films, and some of them are just very, very strange. Yeah, I mean, that. <laughs> man, what a like just we could have a whole podcast just about propaganda and the use of cartoon and yeah, both drawn and animated that period and just how strange and so informative of the mindset of mm-hmm. the period it is. Do you know the seven dwarves sold their diamonds for war bonds? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, you get the war bonds. You know, bonds bonds are where the money's at. You know. (laughs) Um, So let's move on from that. So Mm -hmm. now we're moving into the Silver Age, which is from 1950 to 1967. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll list off some of the movies, uh, the movies that were in that time. So we have Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. And this one, it's interesting how. in your video, you were talking about how this kind of age ends with the death of Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At that time, um, I mean, Walt Disney's uh, Nine Old Men, which were his original nine, like, go-to animators at the time, were getting up there in years. And it was just kind of like near the end of Walt Disney's life, uh, the Nine Old Men were also getting older. And so new talent needed to come in. And so that also kind of marked the end of that era. Um, but losing Walt Disney was definitely definitely the defining moment uh, just, just because he was like everyone. They didn't go to work for Disney. They went to work for Walt, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is how a lot of the, the people working for him, like seeing interviews, like talking about how they went to work for Walt, not just another 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 company yeah yeah Yeah. and so they definitely lost leadership uh and so that that definitely marked the end of that era it's such an interesting collection too Mm -hmm. of like it's a really solid (laughs) collection like when i think of disney i usually go to these films mm -hmm. yeah yeah especially like the classics too of like the like you have to watch these like these are ones everyone's watched multiple multiple times Mm mm-hmm yeah. It's, in, it's interesting, too, because you were talking about in your video, this is where they really started to do a lot more cell animation because they wanted to well, they work all... on the process and make yeah. it easier. Well, yeah. And so cell, I mean, cell animation had been done since the beginning, working on clear celluloid sheets, um, but they had really perfected it by this point in time. Uh, and Sleeping Beauty was the last film to uh, really implement that perfected process like that was the film where walt disney's like you know what it's the same story as all these other ones we don't care about the story <laughs> we're just gonna make this a beautiful film and just go for it and it is like it's, if you watch it oh, yeah. yeah it's a really <laughs> um, like really beautiful film the backgrounds done uh with direction from ivan earl uh are just amazing and the really clean like walt disney really loved the colored inked line the outline uh, as opposed to like a pitch black outline um and so after sleeping beauty ended they're like uh it costs so much money uh (laughs) we can't do this and so they needed to find a cheaper way uh to um speed up the the celluloid process and so they're like hey xerox is a thing uh and we can xerox the animators drawings right onto celluloid clear sheets that we can put on the backgrounds and shoot um and so that really sped up the process. So what you're seeing on screen is directly from the animator's hands, uh, as opposed to an animator drawing something and then an ink and paint lady 
taking a celluloid sheet and tracing over the animator's right. drawings, mm -hmm. which something could probably get lost in translation. But with films like 101 Dalmatians, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, you're seeing what the animators had drawn. Yeah, it's funny that those two, those three movies are uh, in this list too, because you know, sort. I remember as a kid, you know, Sword in Stone and Jungle Book, like you know, they had those reused scenes that Jungle oh. Book took from uh, Sword in Stone. I remember yeah. as a kid going, "God, which movie am I watching right now?" <laughs> like at certain <laughs> points, like, hey, he's doing that stick thing that you know that uh, Wart does." Wait, I'm watching Jungle Book. Ah, shoot! Oh, like uh, the dogs are licking uh, Wart's face. Wait, like the wolves do in Jungle Book. Wait, yeah. wait, which one am I watching? <laughs> yeah, the recycled animation is is heavy and. And actually, like, went went up through to the Renaissance films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beauty yeah. and the Beast yeah. takes stuff mm -hmm. as well. And yep. I mean, they took a whole thing from. They took the dancing scene from uh, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, I still stand by that. I think Sleeping Beauty is one of my favorite looking of their films. It's very stylized. Super yeah, stylized. It's very, it's very, it, it definitely oh, sticks God. out for sure. It, it could be stronger. It sticks out just in like Fantasia characters. sticks out, mm -hmm. you know, in like the Golden Age. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that movie till high school, and I just remember going, "Oh my god, I've been missing out!" <laughs> like this fight scene with the dragon, like, oh yeah, my god. oh yeah, that's that's the best part. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, yeah I, everything with Maleficent really in that mm -hmm. whole yeah, movie. That's, she's, that's, she's that's, that's why when like, they, oh they did a re, the live action remake, they're just like, "Let's scrap everything but the character that everyone loved from this yeah. movie." <laughs> there was one scene in Maleficent that I was like, "Yes." And then everything else was like, oh. Well, why are we making this the horrible character like redeemable? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's the point? <laughs> I want to see her. I want to see her descent into madness. That's yeah, what yeah, I want to see. Not be like, ah, I get it. You know, I get you, you now. Know she was a good person <laughs> the whole time. Yep. That's the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> Twisted. That's the secret to evil. <laughs> yeah, but my favorite film in this list is Peter Pan. That's that's the film that I watched over and over and over again that's and, a great film. and grew up on. And the thing that I know I noticed about all of these the films in this era was um well they had amazing colors. They really like perfected the colors. Um but then also the score just worked with the characters so well. Like they didn't if you think of like film uh and sound design, uh these uh, these silver age films they don't usually use the sound of characters' footsteps. Hmm. It's usually a musical note whenever they mm, step on the ground. Yeah, exactly. And and they have really memorable scores. Like you think of Peter Pan and the 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 crocodile music as he's coming yep. up. The da 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 da, and it's just like, oh yeah, like that's perfect. And so I really love this the this era of films. It's such a good one. Yeah, I could probably do without Cinderella. Could do you could do without oh, Cinderella. I could do without Cinderella. Well, I do not, which I have, what I have controversial no words you are saying. <laughs> yeah. I have no love for that movie. <laughs> John, what is your favorite film on this list? Uh it's a toss up between Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book. Nice. Honestly. Hmm? I really love I really love Jungle Book. Robert. I remember Jungle Book scaring me. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, there's a terrifying scene with fire and a tiger. I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and I think it would be super weird with the the uh, Beatles birds. <laughs> too. Oh, we yeah. your friends. <laughs> yeah. like, was I would probably say it's it's probably Peter Pan for me, too. Mm -hmm. I actually, for whatever reason, really liked Lady and the Tramp as well, which is kind of like a weird pick out of those. Yeah, like, no, that's a good one. I, I really, watched that one recently. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. But yeah, Sleeping Beauty, as much as like... It looks incredible. I just, I remember the dragon stuff scaring me too when I was a kid too. Like, <laughs> it looked cool. And like, looking back on it, it's like, that's incredible. But I remember just like the nostalgia part of it. Mm -hmm. All right. 
the next one we're moving on to is the Dark Age. Dun, dun, dun. So this is oh from 1970 to 1988. And the films are The Aristocats, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, or The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. uh, The Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, The Great Mouse Detective, Black Cauldron, and Oliver and Company. Yes. So the interesting thing about this era, so Dark Ages, so again, end of the Silver Age, beginning of the Dark Age, we see fresh new talent coming into the studio. And they're like, hey, how 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 does animate? Uh, <laughs> and the old guys are like, uh, I guess we'll teach you. Everyone just wants to be a cat, you know? Everyone just wants to be a cat. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so you definitely see a drop in quality of the films, not to say that there are not good films in this list. Actually, a lot of these films fans still really love like obviously Winnie the Pooh's a thing like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah people love Winnie the Pooh um I love Robin Hood every, oh, every, yeah. I love Robin Hood and oh, it's man. so funny because like so many fans love Robin Hood but the marketing on it is like almost non-existent nowadays right. yeah. but every time someone brings it up it's like I love that movie right. but there wasn't enough controversy around it to make it interesting it yeah was just right there. It was, it's one of those like it's just good like, there's nothing fantastic about, like, I would say even the animation in it as well. Like, mm. the story's kind of slow. Yeah. But, man, they're, like, the like first, like, 40 minutes of that movie are incredible. Yeah. I think, I mean, Dark Age is so weird to me because there's, like, several films on this list are, like, like Disney that has such a big impact on me and the ones I love, like, I'm not gonna lie. I love Black Cauldron. Surprise, All right, surprise. that's lie. fair. Ooh. In other news, water, water is water wet. Is wet. <laughs> not gonna lie. And also, Great Mouse Detective is a huge, oh, yeah. Yeah, huge yeah. Oh, one yeah. for me. I love that one. I hadn't seen that until I was in my twenties. What? Yeah. It was super weird. I just, we just, I guess, never had it because I like Robin Hood was one that I probably watched every single day mm. when I was like, oh little. yeah, uh-huh. like that one I loved. But like I. When I was looking, when I was making this whole list, I was like, "Man, that's how old the Great Mouse Detective is." I was like, eh. "Like, it was just so <laughs> strange to me, like, because it was just never a part of my Disney like growing up life, right? Because I'd never seen it until I was way older, right? Yeah, and really, really, it's called the Dark Ages uh, because the box office numbers were just, low, yeah, <laughs> very low. <laughs> um, and so, even though fans still love these films, uh, there there was. People didn't, audiences didn't get what they came to expect from Disney. Um, so you don't see many like fairy tales like totally. in this list. Yeah. Black Cauldron maybe being the exception to that. And yeah, Robin Hood in a sort of, sense, yeah. you know, but you've anthropomorphized yeah. them into foxes. and. Yeah. And so the, the fun part of the story is that Disney was like, okay, guys, so we're kicking you out of the animation building. This building where all of these amazing films were made, Snow White, Bambi, all Sleeping Beauty, all these amazing films, you can't work here anymore. We're going to kick you into another building and until you get your act together. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> so that they really had to like figure out like what what is, you know, what's Disney's legacy? Like how do we move forward from this and if if the next era didn't come, animation at Disney might not even be a thing anymore. Right? Yeah, it's such a weird, like, yeah, you see that's such the downturn that they have with this. Even, like, even though I would say none of these movies are necessarily, like, bad. That's what's crazy no. oh, about no. it. Like, Black Cauldron's bad. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, right, that's fine. That, the plot structure I mean, in all, the movie I, is I, terrible. I, I, no, no. But, like, <laughs> I honestly love Aristocats. I, I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> I don't know why. That was another movie yeah. that, for whatever reason, like, I watched a ton. 
like as a kid. And I just liked that movie for whatever reason. But like, it's not it's not fantastic by any Some means. Great jazz. It is not. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's missing. These films basically just miss spectacle. They mm-hmm. lacked they mm-hmm. lacked some spectacle that they came to. Yeah, they're kind of like weirdly grounded mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, there's nothing. Just like you're saying, like we have Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, like all these like famous fantasy stories then we drop down to aristocats winnie the pooh rescuers fox mm-hmm. and the hound uh and like oliver and company you have you know a couple in there that are like yeah you know great mouse detective and robin hood's being like hey let's make uh these you know famous stories but with animals and it's like why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the and the one with probably the most spectacle is the black cauldron and it's just like yeah dark and disturbing and the horned king still scares <laughs> oh, me like so good classic <laughs> imagery and there's <laughs> that's the guy that makes that movie for me <laughs> and that was the first disney animated film to get a pg rating right mm. uh and mm. i think it was almost a pg-13 rating because of a scene they had to delete yeah with like actual like pretty like like there was like some serious violence in that scene too. The serious violence and mm-hmm. there was like I think a scene of like a guy on the ground like bursting into boils and uh-huh. his flesh disintegrating. Yeah, because he was turning so... into one of the undead soldiers and they had to cut that out. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like you don't put Disney and that right. imagery together. I, I never seen it, but I just remember like reading up on Tim Burton, like, oh, one of the early films that Tim Burton worked on in Disney was the Black Cauldron. Like, totally. I get Makes that. Makes sense. I, sense. I get now. it. <laughs> so, I'd be really curious. I mean, this probably is too bit broad of a topic to talk about in this episode, but being that set in the 70s and through the 80s, I'm really curious about the culture of the time period and if mm. Disney just wasn't lining up with the cultural. We've got like a lot of like period. resistance to like fighting the previous power kind of thing. Right. And that'd be interesting if that was kind of the reaction because you have, you know, your traditional fairy tales and they're like, we're not going to do what's expected of us kind of thing, especially with them being a much younger, totally different crew coming in, mm-hmm. being like, we're going to tell completely different stories and going almost the opposite direction from what they were known for mm-hmm. to build, you know, definitely less spectacle. Right. And I think like the only one that I can think of in here, like I think is Oliver and company is the only one that really feels like it was trying to connect to the period in which it was made in, especially the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's one thing I was thinking about is like music and just like what was happening in the seventies and eighties. It just feels like this feels like out of context for that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird it's way. weird. Like when you hear Dark Age, you're like, oh yeah, this like makes sense when you think about it. But then when you look at the timeline, you're like, how strange that right. these movies are made during that time period. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one, which is the Disney Renaissance, which ran from 1989 to 1999. Movies in this list are The Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and Tarzan. What a list of movies. Yeah, a good little 10-year run there of yeah, just amazing man. films. I think, like, this is, like, again, talking about, like, that time period thing, like, where those ones in the Dark Ages felt like they're out of time period. For me, the Renaissance almost feels like it helped define that time period. Totally, totally yeah. yeah. Like, after, I think after the Renaissance, the the, like, little girls wanted to be princesses. Right. And that's where the that whole, like, you know, I'm sure mm. there have been little girls that but wanted to be princesses, you know, for ages. But, like, this really defined that kind of thing in our pop culture of, like, Disney princesses. Right. Uh, and kind of defined that period. Uh, and 
and yeah, so as I was as I was saying, like Dark Ages, they had to figure out like what what do audiences expect to come out of Disney, uh, and they're like, all right, let's do a fairy tale for the first time in thirty years, yeah. <laughs> um, which. I had to I had to like count the years. I'm like, was it really 30 years since they? Oh my gosh, it totally is. Um, and so <laughs> they went with the Little Mermaid and got an awesome team, uh, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, uh, to do the music, uh, who had done Broadway music, and uh, they they killed it. And so it's like, all right, we're interested again, Disney. Oh yeah, totally. This yeah, is well just, It's <laughs> just so like yeah like. There's too much to say. There's really list. too much to say because you know you have like <laughs> Little Mermaid is fantastic. Uh, Rescuers Down Under. I remember that being like one as a kid that I really like attached to. Mm-hmm. I never really liked the first Rescuers, but uh, for whatever first reason, Rescuers is so dark. Yeah. I love the first like it's so so Rescuers Down Under. Like just all this stuff with like the uh, like Hunter and like his like the lizard reptile yeah. <laughs> like friend like all that stuff it was like it was so creepy but like funny at the same time. It was this weird like <laughs> combo and like just their whole journey with like uh, saving the bird and all that stuff. It was just mm-hmm. really interesting. And then you've got Beauty and the Beast, right? Tale as old as time. <laughs> That's an okay movie. <laughs> um, then, Aladdin, which for me is, uh, it's up there. It's probably one of my favorite movies on this whole list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lion King, that was a huge one for my sister. I remember watching that all the time as a kid because she loved that movie, and it's still it's a great. I movie I still remember too. seeing that in theaters. Oh, like yeah. the memory of going to the movie in theaters and how that, like as a like a young child, yeah. I was like, what? yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Pocahontas, which. <laughs> Like just the colors, oh yeah, and music of the that. wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can you can even paint with all of them. You savages. <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame is one for me personally that I loved. Yes, that's great. Like it's definitely not. It's probably in most people's mind the lowest on the totem pole on this list. Yeah, but for me, I love that movie, especially so with Disney. Disney's yeah. like, yeah, totally. this is this is lowest yeah. on the totem pole. Yeah, they really Do don't. They, they really don't like to mention it, which is so strange. I think it's, it's the gargoyles, man. It's the gargoyles. <laughs> hey, man, the gargoyles are pretty so great. controversial. <laughs> They're pretty good. Uh, Hercules, which is another one. Like I was super into like Greek and Roman mythology when that movie was coming out. Like, I feel like I I remember when I first saw Hercules, I wasn't really taken by it very well, and now that I've gotten older and i go back and i see what the the jokes and stuff that, and what they were playing about like Dude, yeah. the uh, jokes are so the, the good in that movie like, somebody <laughs> call ixii <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah the jokes are really clever and then also just like i love the weird like athlete subplot that they like mm-hmm. that whole thing of like turning hercules into like a pop icon and mm-hmm. that does like kind of yeah, i was like this feels into a very brand. weird to me as a kid but then like as an adult I'm, like I get it. I get it. Like, yeah, just like, yeah, just, that's a weird one. That's a weird one. And then Mulan and Tarzan. God, Tarzan. The score, the soundtrack for that movie. Ooh, Phil Collins. He's he's in my heart, baby. I'm surprised that Tarzan's considered the Renaissance and isn't actually part of the experimental era. It probably, it probably technically is. Because it feels like that was the first time where they're like, okay, we're getting away from the musical without not getting away from the musical. Right, like we still have musical numbers, but none of our characters sing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like the really the first time. That hey, that you got. Happened. I mean, trash in the camp. They're all doing the music, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Roasted. Roasted. Yeah, that was like that's like that's the stomp number that they decided to throw that. in. <laughs> God, trash in the camp is great. That's great, but it definitely is like they're hey, like, you actually... know what's big right now? Stomp. <laughs> hey, do you know what's big right now? Phil Collins. We're killing it. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, it's hard to just like talk pick about. pick one to talk about. Yeah, just trying to. Gloss it's such over a defining, just like you're saying. Like this is like the defining mm-hmm. era and of I think, like what Disney is and what people remember it and like what it has become. Especially for our age group, like this. Yeah, is, I mean, definitely, this, this like, is when we were growing up. Right. Yeah, it's such a defining time period for us. But yeah, I think uh, so. Interesting little fun fact about Hunchback because uh, I love that film. <laughs> um, but the uh, the Frollo. Uh, first of all, Frollo is probably the actual worst disney villain like <laughs> terrifying he, like he he has like actual like mental problems uh, and, and like legitimately evil yeah legitimately like, evil mean the fire song wasn't about the fire yeah. <laughs> what? So, what was that about <laughs> it was about something else yeah not often not often disney tackles the idea of lust um, right like that's like a there's a lot of like themes in that that are just like you know, you get a lot of those hints in a lot of Disney movies, but that one was so direct, mm-hmm. I feel like, which is what's so strange about it. Like, yeah, so much like it's just. But that Hellfire sequence was actually animated by a female animator. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and she she talked about like she did a lot of Frollo scenes uh, and uh, she she uh, I, I heard her. Um, she was at a talk in, in Portland uh, that I got I got to see her talking about her career and she was talking about um, how she was trying to learn the song so she could picture what she's going to. And she'd play it in the car, like on a CD or something, mm-hmm. with her two-year-old daughter in the back or mm-hmm. something like that. And, uh, you know, after days of listening to this, little two-year-old screaming, Hellfire! It's just like, <laughs> okay, got to stop listening to this. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's such a that movie is interesting because they did go into such like strong themes, mm-hmm. but yet also like completely backed out of like committing to the book too. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. weird juxtaposition. I mean, that's I mean, the a, book that's, is also really dark. But that's my point. Yeah. Like they they tackle <laughs> the dark. Like they try yeah. to tackle the dark, mm-hmm. and then there's this weird juxtaposition of being like, "Haha, just kidding." No, <laughs> like yeah, they talk. Kidding. They they like tackle the like dark <laughs> themes of the time and stuff versus like the actual like dark stuff that happened in the story right. hey guys i got i got an idea for a movie uh to kill a mockingbird well just about a mockingbird that you know that's that being hunted uh i don't think that's what the book's about yeah it doesn't matter we're, gonna <laughs> we're just gonna make it <laughs> um this is funny too because there's a, this was like the real first time you saw a lot of like sequels that mm. weren't handled by yeah you know mm. the main studios but yep. you know you have there's two little mermaid sequels uh you have two aladdin sequels there's two Lion King sequels. Mm-hmm. There was a Pocahontas sequel. There was a Hunchback sequel. There was a Hunchback sequel. Oh my gosh, the Hunchback sequel is so bad. I haven't like, seen it. I oh man, it's. I think it is. It still on Netflix. It, all of them were on Netflix for a while, so I watched some of them. Uh-huh. I or tried. I, I had. Wa- I remember watching <laughs> when I was young. I remember watching both the Little Murray ones, which they're fine. They're whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched both the Aladdin ones, which Return to Jafar is like a 60 minute movie, which is hilarious. But <laughs> King, King of Thieves, King of Thieves is actually good. good. Super good. <laughs> that movie was awesome. Uh, the Lion King ones, I really enjoyed both of those. They're actually pretty decent. I thought Lion King one and a half yeah. it was way better than it had any right to be too. Like doing yeah. the side story of this Timon is and too Pumbaa. good. Yeah, like I was like, nah, all right. Uh, Hunchback No Trauma is awful. The animation <laughs> is say. awful. It's crazy. Oh, and you're bet. like, oh, is this actually like them doing this, or did they just like tell some like ten year old to like make them a movie? <laughs> well, also like he fought like 
a blind girl falls in love with him, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think remi- I think that kind of defeats the entire yeah. message. We've gone over the over right. the point. What Quasimodo is, but you know whatever. <laughs> well, and then we got a lot of like uh, TV series too, because we had the Tom yep. and Pumbaa season yeah. uh, series, Aladdin, and we had a Hercules. Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mulan sequels are also very terrible. Very bad. Very bad. <laughs> um, and Tarzan, I think Tarzan has Tarzan a had a series. Yeah. We had a, yeah. Yeah. It had a show, a yeah, yeah. A sequel mm-hmm. or a prequel? I'm not too sure. Prequel, yeah. also prequel. And a so it's just such an interesting. Like they were yeah. like, man, people really love these. Let's keep making stuff with these in them. And like most of them are terrible. There's a couple of gems, like uh, King of Thieves. I really like the Aladdin show and the Hercules show when I was growing up. I I could be wrong, but I also feel like the Renaissance is sort of the Renaissance of the branding of Disney. Mm-hmm. Well, like yeah, Will Eisner taking over around that just time. like all of like you know we we build the brand of the Disney princess we build the brand of the shows and like the cartoon sub like yeah. like the market the, the, the direct to home market became a, such a big thing well, then you the, and then you have the whole Disney channel too yeah. that was mm-hmm. starting channel, up ABC, and then they started whatever. having all their different shows live action and like animated stuff Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the experimental era, you had there was another name for this era too. It was the post Renaissance. Post Renaissance, yeah. Or oh, what didn't they call it? Second Dark Age. Yes, Second Dark Age. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, so this ran from 2000 to 2008. Uh, the films included in this are Fantasia 2000, Dinosaur, Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and Bolt. It's a lot of films. A lot. And you can tell that making in that many years. in that amount of time does not mean that they're all going to be good. No. <laughs> yeah. So I thought quantity and quality were the same word. <laughs> yeah, right? They both start with a Q, you know? So again, we see the the same thing happening. Uh, we had, you know, this, this peak um, in Disney animation with the Disney Renaissance. And a lot of the amazing animators like Mark Henn and Glenn Keane. Uh, and Eric Goldberg, all these amazing animators. Now we got to bring in the the new blood again and got to train them up. And you definitely see again, not necessarily that these are bad films, but there is definitely a drop in quality. Uh, and again, not what you'd expect Disney to come out with. Um, I would say this is the only one where I would say there actually are bad films in here. Mm-hmm. Because yes. like in all the other ones, like you know, even if you pick like the weird ones out of like the previous Dark Ages, like Aristocats and stuff, it's like uh, okay, these are kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But like Brother Bear, mm. Home on the Range, mm-hmm. Chicken Little. I did not like Chicken Little. Meet the Robinsons. The only reason I like because of the dinosaur. I have big head, little arms. <laughs> like that was, and it, it's it's actually not too bad. I tried watching it this other week. It's, and it's just, not good. I couldn't get but it. like those three. Oh man, they're. Dinosaur was even like there. There was I Dinosaur remember there was being okay. so much hype for this movie. Mm. Wow. It was the marketing for this was so big because for me especially like I was paying attention to it too because I was like all into dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was all into it, and this being just like, ugh, man, this is so weird. And then yeah, we have. I honestly like. There's also still some of my favorites in here. I'm a huge fan of Atlantis. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that yes. was such a big deal for that being no musical numbers yeah. mm-hmm. in it. Being a two three five crop on it, being their first really like we're trying to make like a cinematic movie out of this, mm-hmm. and really cool characters too, yeah. like a uh, very yeah, eclectic and they do cast a really good characters. job of building them up. They just take too long to get to the end. There's just the point of it. There's Rowan, a lot, the weird pacing in this movie. Rowan, I loved it when you traveled to that land. <laughs> yeah, and you got to <laughs> and you swam with Kiva, uh, <laughs> and you were like pretty girl or uh, pretty, pretty pretty good. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off to you for that film, man. Yeah, you, did, you did a really great job. It was, it was a journey. 
<laughs> um, and you get, you know, you have Emperor's New Groove, which, which is, everyone loves. Everyone loves that. Lilo and <laughs> Stitch is honestly, I love that I love movie that too. Movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really love Treasure Planet. There's a huge cult following for Treasure Planet. Like, love it. Love um, it. Love it. Love it. And then I actually really like Bolt. Bolt was one of those ones where I think because we had so many like Ugh, movies in a row that like Bolt was that was pretty a good. decent film. It took yeah. me by surprise. Definitely took me. Like, yeah, it's one of those ones that you would never like, want to oh, watch shoot. it. But then you watch it and you're like, oh, all right. This isn't as bad as I thought it was going to yep. be for sure. Like they lowered expectations mm-hmm. pretty far. But yeah, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of hate for the movies in this section. Well, also, I think we also see this is also the era of the rise of Pixar. Yep. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you have like, you actually finally have, you know, you had DreamWorks and, um, like the Don Bluth films are always there, right. but it was always like, oh yeah, the Disney films are better. But you finally had this where you're like, oh, someone's doing it like way better, right? <laughs> like yeah. in the comparison to like be like, oh, they're not doing this good anymore. This looks like real life. Right. <laughs> First Toy Story. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. They These actually are... could be toys. Oh my god. <laughs> you watch it now. You're like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't look at the human faces. Don't yeah. look at the human faces. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, yeah, there's definitely the like you finally had a point of comparison that showed that they were inferior right. at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty interesting. But yeah, there's some there's still some really good like Emperor's New Groove. I know. I think you hate this movie. I, I'm not particularly fond John of Emperor's New Groove or <laughs> Treasure Planet. He doesn't he doesn't understand. Funny like things. they're fine. They're fine. I just have no particular. I just. Yeah. Well, I remember the the weird thing I remember about Treasure Planet was the marketing was all about who's the guy who plays the robot. Oh, Martin, Martin Short. Martin Short. Yeah, Martin that Short. was such a big thing about it. It's like, he's in like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's honestly, right at the very end. Honestly, I wish he wasn't in the movie. Right, because everything else is so solid up to that point. Like, yeah. their whole world building, like how their like technology works mm-hmm. is super cool. You're like, yeah, this is a he really cool way to- derails the last I part. I his character. <laughs> this is why you don't this have good why, things. Why, <laughs> John, John, get out of here. <laughs> I just can't stand the ending where it's like, Oh, uh, like uh, sailing away, and then you have uh, that's Ron how John that's Silver, how it's... like in the in the moon in the stars, like right. well, like, see, there's this literally book. how <laughs> there's this book that was written a few years ago <laughs> called oh, what's it called? Treasure, 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 Treasure Island. 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 Wait, yeah. That's not exactly how Muppet Treasure Island ends. <laughs> No, I'm talking. Like, I'm talking about the ending where he like actually like has like Long John Silver like in the like as a constellation. Oh, that! I was like, mm. what the hell? Am I what, do you, what do you want him to be like? Metaphor. Sinking, sinking metaphor. In space, like <laughs> Tim Curry at the end of Muppet Treasure. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just didn't get me. I just didn't feel for it. That's okay. But yeah, so this period you see a lot of yeah Disney stu- Disney Animation Studios trying to catch up with Pixar, um, and so you see I think the this lull was like necessary to the disney studios because it's like okay so there's this computer animation thing that we kind of didn't like and we fired the guy who tried to do john lassiter mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah. like who we fired him because he wanted to do 3d animation here and then he made his own studio and now he's destroying us, so we better catch up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just made a bunch in a row, and I was like, "These suck, though." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some re- there's some redeeming stuff. Like I love some of the stuff in Fantasia 2000. Oh, it's, yeah. Um. I and and yeah. Bolt Bolt is Bolt is pretty pretty good film. Um. But <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good film. <laughs> pretty it's entertaining. Every, every time someone says pretty good. But definitely, probably my least favorite. One of my probably my least favorite era in oh, the yeah, list. Easily. Oh, <laughs> hands down. They could just you could just add like four of the movies from some random thing and it'd still be below that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, all right. So moving past that to now the revival, which starts in 2009 and is still currently going. What? Um, so we have Modern? Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, they, they have like a subtitle for this one. Or is it just, no, it's just Winnie just the, Winnie the Pooh. Pooh. Oh, yeah. really? Reboot. Because yeah. they had the yeah. There was a couple movies in like the 90s, but they were never like theatrical. Right. Um. Yeah. Wreck It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero Six, and Moana. What a solid lineup. Mm-hmm. Especially with like what it's such a like great start with Princess and the Frog going like back to. Mm-hmm. You know, animation for the first time in forever, like mm-hmm. the traditionally yeah. animated, and film. it was awesome. Yeah, it didn't. Disney, Disney, like doesn't capitalize on it as much because it didn't make a ton of money. No. It made a lot of money, right? But it didn't. It's not Disney money, you know. It's not. It's not <laughs> yeah. Frozen money, you know. Jeez, oh, that, you know. Was a hell of a that lot was such a... like issues because of like, oh, we might be. Are we being too racist with this film? Are we like mm. something that constantly had to be pushed back and holding off? And it's like, uh, yeah. even in the end, I was like, it's okay. I liked yeah, it. It's fine. I just love like. It was just one of those things where it's like, man, this is what you can do with animation now, mm-hmm. like. Cause just like it's really pretty. Yeah, all of the you know the uh, like voodoo magic and stuff they do. It's oh, yeah. like, oh man, this is great. Like I, those that's one of those movies where I'm like, I wish everything was still animated. Like I love CG and what it can do, but like, there's something so beautiful oh, about the, the hand drawn. Yeah. yeah, it's just oh, it's incredible. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the music in that was really good. Like really capitalizing on the jazz. Yeah, jazz and gospel kind totally. of aesthetic yeah. was really cool. So it's it's a bummer they didn't keep with it, right? I still wish they would, you know, they kept with that that animation. And yeah. just, I would have wanted to see at least been, like one been, or two more movies. It would have been interesting to see like to. the next if if, you, if Tangled yeah. was animated like traditionally oh, yeah. versus like the CG. Like yeah. that could have been really cool, especially with all the stuff they do with all like the lantern stuff mm-hmm. with uh, like the city. Was Enchanted released after uh, during the, before or after Princess and the Flo- uh, Frog? That was before. Was it before? Because Enchanted was before. Because the the two D animation that one was like really solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good movie. Yeah, was like a cool, really good animated scenes and really solid. Like that was another movie that was like this was kind of come out of nowhere. Like I did not expect better than it deserves to be. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's so weird when you like. I remember watching the trailers and being like, "What is this?" And then you watch it like, "All right, okay, I'm sold." So (laughs) Disney's making fun of themselves, which honestly is like a big thing that you really see a lot with this generation specifically too like it does a like even with princess of rock there's a lot of like self-referential humor to itself at Mm -hmm. this point which is cool because you have such a storied history and such a long past to work from that you can really play on you know especially tangle being like really playing on the like damsel in distress stuff Mm -hmm. with you know is it flint Flynn. 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 Like, always trying to, like, say her and be like, nah, I, like, I got this. Like, you know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, her running off and her own. Like, those kind of things are really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tangled is great. I never watched the Winnie the Pooh movie. I didn't either. It's actually, it's only an hour long. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's actually a really clever film. Like, the humor in it is, it's all, like, it's all puns and, like, uh, just literary humor okay. um, as it should be with Pooh Bear as it should be with Pooh Bear but it was it was just a really like enjoyable film like at the end you're like that was that made me feel good yeah, that's like good. that was that's, a good that's what you want from Winnie the Pooh too. yeah Rick and Ralph Ooh. I love mm. this movie <laughs> so good like this was one of those like because you, you and me saw it the you first time. You and I time. watched it on a midnight screening like on the on a whim and then there was no one there yeah there was no one there there was no I called there. you I called you up like hey Rick Ralph is released tonight. 
I'll pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> and that movie was awesome. That was really like, because I like Tangled a lot, but like Wreck-It Ralph was one of like, they've got something here. Like mm-hmm. just the references are so good. The world they built, the animation was awesome. Like everything was perfect. And then like, just get to that heart, heart wrenching stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, everyone knows about, you gotta let the it go. The motion sometimes. capture you did for that movie was great. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, Wreck It Ralph bringing in a lot of actors that you don't expect to be in a Disney yeah, film. Yeah, you got John C. Riley, John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman. Because Silverman, when I think Disney, I think those people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. You have a lot of like, you know, comedians who are known for their like crass people mm-hmm. that they play on a lot of shows I talking about that guy from boogie nights <laughs> like oh, the, the, uh, no man yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it was but it's it's to the but they they did they did cast it really well because mm-hmm. now when i watch the movie i don't i don't picture the actors right don't no, no, no totally yeah they are themselves like you have alan tudyk was uh king candy king yeah candy. like mm-hmm. all that like great so you're like yeah this is great like it's so its own world which was really cool mm-hmm. Uh, you you know sometimes you gotta let it go, you got frozen. Hey, it's Just, a good film. Mm. It's a good movie. <laughs> I remember there's like, uh, when this movie came out was when we had one of our snowstorms and there was a point where I had to take the bus downtown and me and John went and saw it at the theater that was at the mall downtown, and it's been like. That was great. And then it was such a weird thing where then it just like the next months were just this wave. <laughs> this oh, no. wave of oh, phenomenon. Oh, no. Like, yeah, just like, oh, no, it's everywhere. Like, yeah, I like the songs. Yeah, they're pretty good. I don't need to hear it a thousand times. It was just, it was so crazy how much of a phenomenon it became. Yeah. And they, after they saw, after this, the film success, which I, I had, you know, the same experience, saw the movie. I'm like, man, I want to go see that again. And so does everyone else. Right. Um, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that many people really, really liked it. Um, but then after they, after the film's success, Disney's like, all right, we're gonna come up with a five-year plan, yeah, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, and like, no joke, they came out with a five-year plan, and that's still going today. Like doing shorts, doing a Broadway musical, doing sequels, mm-hmm. doing. A, I think I remember they talked about doing a TV show, but I don't know about that, but. But I don't doubt it. It's uh, crazy. I just if Tangled can have a TV show, Frozen oh, yeah. can have yeah, a TV eventually show. Eventually, gets a TV show. I'm, I'm so curious because you know Frozen really sort of broke the gate to the sequels, right? Like the fact yeah, that for at we, least a long time we yeah. are now coming up to the first time where we will actually start to see Disney sequels in theaters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which just sort of like destroys my brain a little bit. Same. Like yep. it just doesn't make sense because when you tell me any animated sequel, I just think of the you got, most you got shocking, like <laughs> the the it's only the only Disney sequel made uh in like in the main Disney animation studios uh was Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. That was yeah, the only weird. like it's official weird when you look at that list you're like, Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that one also doesn't I, for me like it counts but it's also one of those weird ones where it's like it's so different from its original yeah, material totally. yeah, they're almost different movies they're almost different, just, just different characters yeah. just not sad all the time but with Frozen 2 there there might be snow again right. <laughs> maybe I don't know yeah maybe she learns she has firepower you know <laughs> well and Wreck-It Ralph 2 is coming out in the summer? Yeah, this yeah. year. God, I'm so excited for that. You know, Ralph yeah. breaks the internet. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't care about that title, but you know, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Uh, yeah, then you have after that Big Hero Six, which was definitely 
a big, I feel like, momentum shift hmm. from having Wreck-It Ralph, which people were like, oh, yeah. Like, Tangled was like a, like, people who watched it, like, this is great, and people, like, got to watch it, like, yeah, this is good. Then you get to Wreck-It Ralph, it's like, people, like, went out and watched it, like, this is great. Then everyone saw Frozen, mm-hmm. like, to the point where it's like, okay, it's not that great kind of thing. Like, it was starting to make you think that yeah. it was worse than it was because people were so high on it. Then you come out with Big Hero 6, which it was so it was such a like just pivot i felt mm-hmm. like like the pacing like because the best thing about frozen is it's pacing sure. the pacing of that movie is just yeah like you're just rocketing through that the whole time you don't even realize how long you've watched it big hero 6 is like the complete opposite where it's like stopping and going and stopping and going the whole time i felt like that's true yeah I, I, yeah i feel i think yeah disney i mean big hero 6 uh is an old marvel property uh that when disney when disney approached marvel uh they're like hey can we make an animated film based on big hero 6 one of your old properties and even the people at marvel were like did did we do that i guess you sure that we have the rights for that somewhere i guess who what and why (laughs) yeah and so uh, they they they're like Mar- our Marvel movies are doing awesome, so let's do let's a do superhero like a, like movie crossover kind of thing, quote yeah. unquote. Between, but what's interesting to me also is that that movie doesn't feel like The Incredibles, right. which it could very easily have. You know, you've got <laughs> to maybe its detriment that it doesn't. Uh, feel. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I I love Big Hero Six, same. not the same as the other films in this era, mm-hmm. but it has. Um, I don't know. Like there's the, some great like the whole concept for it. It has yeah. another like world that's so interesting. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Like the whole setup and the look is really good. It's just like the story is so like trying to figure out like what it wants to be and try to like trick you with things, but it's like super obvious the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. And I just like Baymax. Well, he makes the movie Baymax. for me. He is, he is the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like I liked some of the side characters mm-hmm. more, and I, I just wanted to see more of them, and I just don't feel like they. Because, you know, you're really focusing on... What was the kid's name? Hero. Uh, Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Big. It doesn't matter Hero. if it's in the title. I'm just going to forget it. Um, like Because it was so focused on him and Baymax and him losing his uh, brother mm-hmm. that I wish... Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish they had, like... End of I, I don't know how you change it, but, you know, make it so that it's about the group more than just him. Because it's obviously, mm-hmm. like, him messing up and going through them. And that affecting the group, but you don't really get to, like know as much about these interesting characters that they've set right. up more than just their like stereotypicalness of them mm-hmm. but that's, that's true yeah. and so that's probably that i haven't watched it yet but that's probably what they're doing with the big hero 6 series that they right. have yeah. yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah they're right probably now. playing all that um and then the last one that has been released is moana moana i love moana so good it's so good super good oh, so pretty so good oh, yeah pretty. this is one of those ones where you're like I get why you're doing this in like three. This is incredible. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. God, the fucking water. <laughs> yeah, the water, all that watch, stuff. I can just watch that water on loop. Just like the movement in the water, too, is like just like her hair. Right. Like, that was one of those things where it was like just watching that being like how her hair is moving, like, wow, this is incredible. That's a lot of hair. Like, and just like how it like moves right. You yeah, know, like it's one of, like, it's like, yeah, no, like that's, that's how hair moves. You know, it's just like those weird like connections that just like ground it so hard and like, mm-hmm. This is incredible. Yeah, there's, there's some really solid secondary uh, animation actions. Like, there's a part where, like, she swoops her hair back and, like, it just kind of, like, it, like, flips her. around the other oh, way. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It hits her. It's like, oh, like yeah. they don't focus on it, but it's like, 
that was weird, but I really liked it. Yeah, and it's turned in, you know that's turned into memes for people yeah. with with totally. long yeah, hair. Yeah. It's like this this is real life. Like <laughs> this is how it actually is. Um, but like Moana, like is kind of the epitome of Disney's um, journey to really put in the research yeah. to a culture. Um, like they they have like when they when they focus on a culture they definitely do their research like uh if you look at princess and the frog they did their research yeah. in that time period new orleans um you see frozen they reference norway but those movies didn't really like capitalize on the cult like what actually happens like in the culture right um where as moana they were like very respectful of um, the the Polynesian South Pacific Island culture and really incorporated that like they didn't even really have a story until they went to the South Pacific and met the people mm -hmm. and they're like yeah we want to make this movie about the South Pacific um, but we don't know what it's going to be about and they just talk to the people and they're like oh the culture is the story right yeah and that's what was cool about both like this movie is cool because for for me not being you know from that area like understanding like oh that's like their kind of like mythology and like mm -hmm. you know how the world for them was created and that's what was cool about um both uh oh my gosh why do i even try <laughs> this is a really good question book of life and then um coco coco, coco right. where it's like learning completely about a culture and like a a, a big culture that like i have nothing mm -hmm. like i have no knowledge of and like literally learning something being like Oh, like I've seen that kind of stuff referenced all the time, but I didn't get it. And now like mm -hmm. this is one of those like I get this now and yeah. this is super cool. And like it gets you really invested because you're yeah. just like learning like you're like literally learning about like culture and like history and watching this like really beautifully animated yeah. film at the same time. Or we can only assume like I've never been to the South Pacific, yeah. <laughs> totally. but I feel but it, it just feels so authentic that yeah. it's like. I, I believe you. Yeah. I believe that this is a real place. Yeah. It's such oh, a, the, the story about how they did their research is super interesting because the different like cultural tribal councils that they talked to and like the culture mm -hmm. preservation groups that they talked to. The most interesting part is like by the end of it, you know, you, you, you're worried about stereotypes and being like, are we just sort of like mm. doing broad sweeps of a culture? And I remember one quote that I heard them talking about is that they were like, okay, what part of the culture are we going to, like, these different, because there's lots of cultures in that area. Right. Like, right. What totally. tribes or different um, ethnicities are we going to focus on? And, like, all the cultural councils are like, no, just do, like, a, like, like, just do a broad, like, everyone should be in it. Just, like, make, like, a, like, hodgepodge. And that was what they were told to do because, like, yeah, don't try to be authentic to a singular one of us because yeah. that's going to leave the, the rest of us out. So yeah, it's, it's going like, to make everyone else feel bad. Get, get the, <laughs> and they're going to get something wrong. Right. And so people like, are going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah, Disney go, didn't do their research. Yeah, if you go too specific yeah. and you get one thing so, wrong. But yeah. they were told to do like this sort of like melting pot culture instead yeah. of a specific culture. And they got some backlash from some people in the States, but then once people did their research, like, oh, they were told to do that. <laughs> yeah. huh. I remember, like, wa I remember it's watching It's like, this. I should do research before I get mad at someone. <laughs> I, I remember watching this thing where this person was talking about Moana and how, you know, they got the research right. Mm -hmm. Where in comparison, like, in Brother Bear, uh, oh, right. where the or music was, was like, you know, they had this big chanting music. And it's like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, native style chanting, right? Like, no. This is European, like, like choirs, like, like, like people their style yeah. to make yeah. it just more interesting. It's like, 
Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> well, then even even in Brother Bear, you have almost kind of like this folky country feel song. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like a... of things that came way later in America. <laughs> yeah, this I think Moana was sort of like the like apology letter to some of their culturally insensitive films. Like I remember like a lot of talk about Brother Bear is definitely a good example. And also there's a lot of like controversy about Pocahontas and how it handled its <laughs> issues. And like Moana sort of the like, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're doing <laughs> yeah. better. Please. We were just, we were just having fun. Like that's, that's kind of the thing. Like having kind of the animation background is like filmmakers just want to have fun making a film, um, but can kind of miss the, the sensitivity side mm. of it. And you and you can see that in some of the earlier Disney films too. Oh yeah, because I mean the culture was just different back then. Totally, but it was just like totally. it's a it's a joke. People <laughs> people could laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. Even the people it was making fun of could could laugh at it. Right. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you really see them doing their research and trying trying their yeah. best to be respectful. Which is funny too, because their other one that they've done in like the Hawaiian Islands and like South Pacific Lilo and Stitch was mm-hmm. still another one that was like really well done yeah. as far yeah. as like the cultural stuff. Cause I know, yeah. um, I know a couple people cause, uh, when I was growing up, I went to a church and our pastor was Hawaiian and he, um, uh, he had a, some, I think family members or people that he knew that were actually in the choirs that were singing at the beginning of the movie and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Like there was a lot of like connection with that. And we knew a couple of the people that came to our church. So it was like a cool like connection with that. Like, them being really excited to have representation of their mm-hmm. heritage and stuff like that in a movie. And it's just like such a, such a cool thing. Yeah. Well, and, and in the Moana, some of the music, uh, I think his name is Opataya was the, the South Pacific like music guy. And then we had Lin-Manuel Miranda doing like the English stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but the Opataya stuff was, all the all the like singing in like another language you hear in that film is like a language only two thousand people on Earth speak. Right, that's Solid. crazy. That's pretty dope. <laughs> cool. Um, so that's kind of the ones that are out. Uh, the last three that I want to talk about are th- three of the sequels that are coming out, or I guess not sequels, two or sequels, ones. Uh, but it's kind of the upcoming that are still kind of in this revival area. Wreck It Ralph two, which is coming out later this year, which we kind of discussed on, which I'm pretty excited for. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. regardless, I'll watch it and probably love it. Frozen 2, we haven't, that's been like, that was one of those ones like, if it's like, like a week like after a that movie came out because of how well it did. They're like, oh, we're going to make a Frozen 2. That's just been in like gestation for such a long period of time. I'm kind of surprised. I'm, I'm, I might be still bitter from the short film. Did you released. see the short? I did. What oh did God. you think about the short? So I, I was watching it with my family okay. and it's a great short to watch with your family you know but it's not the best thing <laughs> out there the music the music is non-memorable uh yeah, it's just all like the like just yeah. like weird like auto-tuned versions of the original songs with different <laughs> lyrics you're like this sounds really weird yeah but <sighs> but it, I, i'm kind of a softie so at the end the whole you know olaf tradition thing i was like oh but it's you know that's just me so, <laughs> so mad about that uh, yeah well, well and, and, like and the, to come before coco was a very strange thing minutes. one especially like me and john went and saw it the night it oh. hey i was there too buddy. There? <laughs> <laughs> i was there too <laughs> like because we, we went to me. we went to like a late showing mm. so it turned a two-hour movie into like a two and a half hour movie yeah at what, did we see it at like 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. So it was like, oh man, we got out like way later. And it's like, and it, it put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth 
for Coco, which I super enjoyed. Oh, so good. And John just hates it because I don't hate it. I just I just didn't feel for it. I still think it's Frozen's fault, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but Um, also, I just yeah, I don't know. I have yet to like. I I really like Frozen. Yeah. And I, I I became jaded after like I was just bombarded by it by cult. Well, yeah, because they have, they've yeah. had they've had a bunch of other like small like animated shorts that have come out mm-hmm. like in Frozen the past couple years. Yeah, they've had a couple things. So it's just like it's just like yeah, there's just too much of it. Like I get it. Just like come to me when it's the new one and it's good. You know, like yeah. l- let, let me wait. I for I wonder that. if they're sweating bullets about it. Oh, I, I bet they they have to be. Because like. Especially with how that animated short went. Which is like, oh, it was planned. It was only going to be in there for two weeks. No, 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 no. Everyone hated it. That's why you pulled it from. Well, and see, it was it was done with good intentions because there was so much um, backlash on the on the internet of like Coco. Oh, it's just gonna it's gonna be just like Book of Life, which it wasn't. No. It's that was just the so same like culture. that's a, so cool. Was that those are so both great movies that are about the same topic quote-unquote but so different that's mm-hmm. what was great about yeah, it never once did i think about that film watching no. coco no but so a lot of people like disney was worried that people just weren't gonna come out to see coco because there was so much like well people just aren't interested in mexican culture so it was good intention to like okay let's that's this is a make great, them a reason to come out and see it yeah this is a great film we want people to see it let's put frozen front so they'll at least get in the seats so they can see this film um but obviously that just didn't turn out well for them yeah and i just i mean like when it was a whole thing because it was never supposed to be in front of that film there was Mm -hmm. supposed that was supposed to be on abc family but it was before they they got before they lost to freeform so it's not abc family anymore Mm -hmm. so they had a whole thing that they had set up for christmas that was never going to go up so they just put it with that so it's like i get how it kind of came about Mm -hmm. but it was just like I just don't like. Did no one watch it and be like, maybe this shouldn't be in front of this movie? Well, and somebody on uh, in the Disney online community Twitterverse uh, <laughs> was saying how ironic it was that in front of Coco celebrating like Mexican tradition is a short of some a character literally stealing traditions from a bunch <laughs> of other people, <laughs> right? I didn't think about it that way, but like, I just can't. I wonder if like Frozen Two is like in a weird pre-production writing mm-hmm. hellscape because it's like we succeeded at making this movie. Well, How we, do we, we like we way more than succeeded? We right. like changed the world. Right, with like, that one. there's like huge like phenomena occurred, and then they're like, okay, we're gonna do a second one, and then everyone's like, well, we never wrote. Like, this was not designed yeah. for a second movie. Well, know? I think that's what's interesting about both those, Wreck-It Ralph and those. I don't think they ever expected to have the, the impact the impact that they did. And so it was, like, Disney now kind of being in this different culture with, like, the Marvel movies being like, oh, just make a second one. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Wait, how do we make a second one? <laughs> right. They don't, they're not practiced no, at it. Because just they not. just hand it off to someone else and it's just like, make these characters do something. Mm-hmm. And those people mm-hmm. are like, I guess these are your characters. They're animated the same way, but I don't think they're acting in the way you imagine they would. <laughs> hey, let's make a Fox and the Hound sequel. Did you watch the end of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, I feel like oh, it's we'll pretty well wrapped oh, up. Okay, well, yeah, prequel. That, that's that's better. That's, <laughs> you know that like montage in the middle of the movie? We're going to make a movie set during that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. An in-between quill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, Lion King won the half did well enough, you know? Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Lion King won the half did well enough. <laughs> no one else did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Well, that was that. Thank you for coming on, Josh. Absolutely. It was really fun. That filled in all the gaps that we don't have any <laughs> any information on. Um, but I'll give you a chance to plug your stuff one more time before we leave. Yeah. So if you want to check us out, uh, youtube.com slash imaginards. We come out with a new Disney-related video every single Friday. Uh, and we are also on Instagram and Twitter. Cool. Um, and as always, you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash jrr talk show um we are also on soundcloud itunes and tune in under jrr talk show um give us a like comment subscribe there head on over to imaginers give them subscribes go to instagram give them likes and stuff uh we would greatly appreciate it thanks folks have a good night guys bye bye